Welcome to OK-ish, a podcast all about mental health in the modern world. I'm Mary Ellen Dance, a licensed mental health therapist, here to strip away misunderstandings about therapy and share exactly what I do in an honest way. Don't worry, you won't hear inspirational quotes or be told to spend more time doing self-care. I'm here to get to the real stuff using my own experiences as a therapist and as a really messy human being. Come and laugh at yourself with me as you learn not how to become great, but how to become okay-ish. Hello, happy Wednesday. As always, I'm your host, Mary Ellen Dance, a licensed mental health counselor and a very okay-ish human being. I am certainly feeling okay-ish today because as I am saying this, I'm sitting on the floor of my home office because I got rid of a desk and my new desk has not come yet. So I'm sitting on the floor holding a microphone at a very awkward angle. So that's how my Wednesday is going. I hope your Wednesday is going great. So I just want to dive right in. Before I dive right in, though, make sure wherever you're listening, you hit subscribe. That would be super, super helpful to me. And then you'll just get notifications when OKish comes out. And I have some really, really important news that I will let you know at the end of this episode. So it's really important. You're not going to want to miss it. I promise. So stay tuned at the end of this episode and I will share, share that with you. So now that that's over with, let's actually dive in. Self-care is a really trendy term. None of us are surprised by this. I talk about this a lot. Self-care is basically the reason I started this podcast because I was so annoyed with that trendy term and people using it, you know, improperly and ugh, I was so annoyed with it. But another trendy term has been around for a while, but I've never really talked about it. So today, I want to talk about self-love. I've seen this term, self-love, used in conjunction with self-care pretty often. And so I kind of always think of self-love and self-care similarly, again, because I see them used together most often. But they're different. They're really different. And I've also seen self-love used in a really, really positive, awesome way and in a negative way. You know, like having self-love and having respect for yourself are very important. Very important. But recently, I've heard self-love used in kind of a negative way, like as a reason to be mean to others. You know, I can't talk to you because I love myself. Well, We don't have to be mean to others, and we can love ourselves. Anyways, I'm kind of digressing a little bit on that, but self-love gets kind of lost in confusion. And with Valentine's Day coming up, I'm sure we're talking about loving our loved ones, but it's also important to talk about loving ourselves. But do we actually love ourselves? And does this term self-love actually, is that actually promoting loving ourselves? And while we're on the topic, what does loving ourselves actually mean? So think of someone you adore. Maybe it's your child. Maybe it's a partner. Maybe it's, I mean, for me, I, I think of my dog Gus, who I'm just absolutely obsessed with. 
think of those people that you just like would jump in front of a car for, right? Most of the time we're going to think about a child. Do we love ourselves like that? If I had to guess, we probably don't. And I'm here today to tell you that you should love yourself like that. Now think of these people. Think of these people that we adore that we would jump in front of a train for. You adore them, but it doesn't mean that you don't get mad at them, that you don't get frustrated with them, annoyed, bored, any of those things. But you still love them to pieces. Again, I'm sure we all have either at least one person in our mind, probably multiple people. Do we offer ourselves that same compassion? The answer is no. We are way harder and meaner to ourselves than to anyone else. But it's interesting because sometimes those of us that are so hard on ourselves can be really outwardly cocky or just plain rude. Doesn't mean that's what's going on inside their heads. But it's this weird, ironic situation, right, where we we are with ourselves all the time. I don't spend time with anyone as much as I spend time with myself. But we're so mean to ourselves. But then sometimes we see like a meme or we hear about self-love or we feel a little cocky because we're human. And then we get a little cocky and we say, yeah, I saw this quote about self-love. I'm fucking awesome. But that doesn't mean that's how we're actually feeling inside. And sometimes, furthermore, we're dishonest with ourselves because we can't cope with the truth. Because we don't have as much compassion for ourselves as we do for others. My parents said this to me. All of my friends who are parents always say this, that, you know, the times that they get the most angry at their kids is when their kids lie to them. You know, my parents would always say, you're not going to get in trouble if you're just honest with us, right? We may have a discussion. There may be, you know, some natural consequences, whatever. But like, we will never be mad at you for coming and being honest with us. We're mad at you when you lie. We've probably all heard some talk track like that before. But are we lying to ourselves? You're damn right we are. Okay, so with this being said, with these points being made, I want to ask you what true self-love is. And no, no, the answer is not a duck face selfie with a bikini on that gets a lot of likes. It's not. The answer is also not having a distorted view of ourselves thinking we can do no wrong. The answer is also not saying we love ourselves so much that we're never going to hold ourselves accountable when we, you know, make a mistake or do something wrong. No, not at all. But the answer also doesn't lie in being harder on ourselves than others. All right. So what do we do about this? We do a few things. And the first thing is we have to be honest with ourselves. And that sounds easy, but oh, my friends, it is not. Think about it. How often do we justify our behaviors, make excuses, misremember things in our own benefits, not want to admit to something icky or vulnerable? 
when I was a kid, and, well, and even now, actually, my dad would always ask me, hey, Mary Ellen, what would other people say about you? So when I was a kid in school, you know, at dinner time, I would talk about my friends and, oh, this annoying kid in the class or the troublemaker in the class, whatever it would be. And my dad would put it back on me and he would say, okay, that's them. But what would these kids say about you? They're at dinner with their parents. What are they saying you are? And I think that was such, I don't think he meant it to be this like huge lesson, but it was such a beautiful lesson because it's true. Like, who are we? Because we all have distorted versions of ourselves. I view myself differently than other people view me because I am biased. So we have to be honest with ourselves, right? When I was a little kid, I think some people, and I told my dad this, I think some people would say that I was, you know, outgoing. I was a little bit of a teacher's pet. Some people might have called me a little annoying because I talk a lot. That should surprise none of us. But we have to be honest with ourselves about these things. And let me tell you, I'm not saying we should all punish ourselves, but I see people making excuses for themselves in the name of self-love, and it drives me crazy. It drives me absolutely crazy. We should not be saying, oh, I'm a little annoying, but it's okay. I love myself. Oh, I was a little mean to that person, but it's fine because, you know, I love and forgive myself. Well, that's just making an excuse. Should we love ourselves and want to correct our behavior just like we do with a child? We want to correct their behavior. We want to help them grow, but we still love them unconditionally. When it comes to ourselves, it's so often like one thing or the other that it's not in any way healthy. So we have to be honest with ourselves truly honest with ourselves. We have to look at ourselves under a microscope. We have to be honest with ourselves. People who go through um, the 12-step program of Alcoholics Anonymous or Narcotics Anonymous, one of the steps is to take a moral inventory. (sighs) I bet most of us listening to this are like, nope, no thank you. I'll pass. But that's part of being honest with ourselves, taking a moral inventory and loving ourselves anyways. Maybe there are things we want to change, things we want to grow, but we can those two things can happen at the same time. So another thing we can do aside from being honest with ourselves is we can catch ourselves when we're holding our own selves to a perfectionist level standard. We have this tendency as human beings to hold ourselves on a much higher pedestal than anyone else. And that's not fair. We deserve our own compassion just as much as the next person. We would, if a friend, I don't know, forgot to text us back, we'd be like, okay, no big deal. Life. But if we do something that's small and not important, we may be harder on ourselves, right? We hold ourselves to this perfectionist level standard, which is just a recipe for disaster. Also, kind of under this umbrella, we also tend to over-exaggerate our own responsibility. (laughs) So what I mean by that is we tend to think that it's our fault for lots of things. And guess what? We don't have that much power, (laughs) right? We don't have that much power over people or situations. It doesn't work that way. So we tend to think, oh, this is my fault. I did this wrong. 
et cetera, et cetera. And that's just often not true. So when trying to love ourselves, we have to be honest with ourselves, catch ourselves when we're holding ourselves to a perfectionist level standard, catch ourselves when we're over-exaggerating our responsibility. And another thing that we need to do is catch ourselves when we're in confirmation bias. So confirmation bias is when something happens and we think, oh, I knew that all along, right? It confirmed our own beliefs, our own fears, our own insecurities, whatever it may be. And we think, oh, I totally knew that all along. I called that. When in reality, we probably didn't call it, but we feel biased about that. So we have to catch ourselves in these confirmation biases because they can be really tricky and then we act in ways to keep these biases going. So, for example, if I think no one likes me, I'm going to act in ways that people aren't going to like, subconsciously, of course. But I'm going to act in ways that people aren't going to like, or I'm going to surround myself with people who I know don't really like me, right? To keep that kind of bias story going that's just going to mess up our self-esteem. Here's a personal example of that, right? I have a bias. One of the biases I have is that a lot of the men I date are dicks. Well, part of it is I keep choosing dicks to date, (laughs) and that keeps my bias going, right? So I keep choosing these kind of assholes to date, and then it continues this confirmation bias of like, see, told you all guys were assholes. Well, that's just not true. There are wonderful, wonderful men out there in the world. I'm just like keeping this confirmation bias going and it's messing with my view of myself, my view of self-love, all of that. So we have to be careful of that. We have to watch out for that. And then the last thing that we have to do in order to love ourselves, and this is going to sound easy, but it is not, is we have to forgive ourselves. Remember that lollipop you stole from Johnny in fourth grade that no one remembers except you and you don't want to admit you remember it, but you do and you think about it? Well, guess what? You are expunged from that. That's a silly example, but let's talk about the bigger stuff. What does forgiving yourself look like? Because I can tell you it does not look like, oh, I hate myself, but I read this quote that I'm awesome, so now I'm awesome and I'm going to go think that. Like, no, that's just confusing our brains. And I can't completely answer what forgiving ourselves looks like because it's often different for different people. It's a very personal thing. Maybe for you, it's apologizing to someone that's long overdue. Maybe it's changing a behavior. Maybe it's making a promise to yourself that you'll do better. Maybe it's simply giving yourself permission to let it go. Maybe it's saying, you know what? I did this and I haven't really forgiven myself for that and I feel shame and embarrassment around it, but I'm not that person anymore and I'm not going to do that again and I've learned from that so I can let that go. Again, forgiving ourselves is really, really personal and different for everyone, but it's a lot more complicated than just saying I forgive myself. And often with forgiving ourselves, I think we look to other people for permission. So like how often have you done something that maybe your partner's been upset about and you're like, okay, well, I can forgive myself once my partner forgives me. Well, guess what? Your partner forgiving you and you forgiving yourself are very different. Very different. And if we don't forgive ourselves for things that we do, 
we hold on to them. We continue to make bad decisions. We continue to struggle with our self-confidence, struggle with our self-love. And when we struggle with that, we are most certainly not the best versions of ourselves. And it's like this spiral. So I challenge all of you to think about like what forgiving yourself looks like. For me, often forgiving myself is just being honest and vulnerable about it. Like owning up to things, right? Like, hey, I admit that I did this wrong and like I feel terrible about it and I don't know what to do. Sometimes even that act helps me to let it go. But that's me. It could be very different for you. So the next time you see, you know, a nice little quote about how awesome you are, believe it because you are awesome. But think about these other things that's going to make you actually feel like you're awesome. That's really going to get it through your head that, yeah, you are awesome. Sometimes you're just okay-ish, but that makes you awesome too. So I have some really, really exciting news for everyone. I am joining the family over at Podcast Nation. Podcast Nation is a podcast production company. I am saying a very cheerful goodbye to Daydreamer Media Network and joining the Podcast Nation family. So what this means is that this will be my last episode coming out on a Wednesday, starting February 14th. February 14th, which is a Monday. Okay-ish, we'll be coming out on Mondays. So again, this is happening soon. It's starting on February 14th. Not many things will be different. Um, Some like, you know, wording and things will be different. But one of the really exciting things that's going to happen is going to, I'm going to be adding a lot of stuff to okay-ish. We're still going to talk about how it's okay to be okay-ish. And all of that, but I'm coming up with a lot of new topics, a lot of exciting topics, um, some exciting guests, lots and lots of good stuff. So change your alarms on your phone because I know you all have alarms for okay coming out, or at least you should. I have alarms for it. Um, and look out for Monday, February 14th, and I will still be talking to you all just, just a little bit differently, just from the family of Podcast Nation instead. So thank you so much. I'm so excited to talk to you guys on Mondays.